All right. And here we are. Welcome, everyone, to the premiere episode of The Blockument. My name's Nate Talbot. I'm your co-host, along with the lovely Ashley Rose, here to uh, give you some crypto education through everyday conversation. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, I'm uh, going on a journey uh, down the rabbit hole that is the crypto sphere. Um, I am interested in learning about what it's all about. Um, there's a lot of talk about it, and um, Nate here is going to help me uh, guide me through my journey. That's right. That's what we're here to do. So today we're here to discuss what are blockchains and why are they useful as our premiere episode. What? Um, before we dive into it, though, tell me a little about your crypto journey so far, Ashley. Where, where are you at? What got you in? What are we doing? So um, about 2017, when there was all the hype, you know, uh, Bitcoin was exploding. Um, a couple of my friends were telling me about it, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's an investment, which we'll learn about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of got involved from there just a little bit, um, and then I kind of fell out with that because uh, I lost money, like a lot of other people, because I bought at the top. Uh, and so then I went to the... Um, Bitcoin conference down in Miami in 2021, and that kind of sparked a, a fire under my butt. All right. And I came back to Detroit, and I was like, you know what? I really love the environment. I love the people that are involved. I love, you know, just being there, and I want more of that. So I just I started um, looking at meetups, and that's where I met Nate. And um, they encouraged me to start my own meetup because theirs was a little far from me and I started a meetup and then it just kind of snowballed from there and now here we are because you from Nate's the man and no 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 you're the one who's starting the meetups it's uh <laughs> it's awesome yeah. that's uh a common pathway for people coming in through the investment sort of route um it's it's interesting what isn't common is how sort of fast you got proactive with it all, yeah. right? Coming in, starting the meetups, yeah. fairly successful one. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because I just started a meetup and I'm not what some might consider an expert. I, I pretty much started the meetup because I wanted to learn. And a lot of times people think that they can't start something unless they are the expert. But I right. was like, oh, you know what? Like, let's bring people to me. Let's let's uh, see what I can learn from other people and help other people learn also. And then that's kind of also how this podcast formed because me and Nate both have an interest in learning and um, helping others learn as well. Right. So from your point of view right now, um, well, let me tell everybody quickly about me real quick um, so they know who they're listening to. So (laughs) Nate Tobin, I'm the executive director of Detroit Blockchain Center. We're a Michigan nonprofit with um, the mission to teach blockchain, crypto education, financial literacy, digital literacy to individuals, businesses, organizations, government officials, everybody who wants to learn about it. Um, My path is similar to a lot of people here where um, you come in for the financial aspects of things, but the more you dive in, 
the more you really realize the purpose of all this, the more you realize the money is sort of the least interesting aspect of it all, um, which is what sort of drove us to start Detroit Blockchain Center and the educational elements of it all, right? Um, I like to tell people all the time, come for the riches, stay for the revolution. That's right. Right? Um, and it's a revolutionary technology, the whole scheme. Bitcoin was revolutionary. It changed how... Um, money works um, and how um, the most interesting aspect to me was how it breaks down the uh, systematic barriers that have been built up forever around financial systems, right? There's always been a gateway to entry, no matter what format of money you were talking about. Bitcoin changed that, right? And uh, that sort of leads us to what we're talking about, right? So what are blockchains and why are they useful? Um, before I delve in, I'd like to get sort of your perspective to you. If you had to define what a blockchain is, you know, how would you do that? So far, so I'm not uh, an expert here, but what I gather is that it is a network that is online, or, or maybe maybe not, but um, and it's kind of peer to peer, and it's based off of trust is what I've gotten so far. Um, and it's it's a network where it's decentralized because of the fact that it's many networks um, kind of communicating with each other to for one goal. If that Does that make sense? It does. I think that's how most people would explain the blockchain. Yeah, okay. Um, but... That's a really broad sort of definition. Yeah, I know, like I, I know, I'm, I know, I'm missing a lot here. I know. <laughs> well, it's not that you're missing a lot; it's that you're including a lot, right? Okay. Um, as I was thinking about this earlier, um, I think a good analogy before you know, when you hear the word blockchain, it's similar to um, something everybody has some kind of experiences with, which is cars, right? Okay. Something goes wrong with your car. If you hear something banging under the hood. You bring it to the mechanic, and you're like, something's wrong with the engine. Well, it could be your ball bearings, right? It could be a strut. It could be a transmission. could be a whole lot of things that aren't technically an engine. Okay. Right? But I'm no mechanic. You're not a mechanic. So it's just an engine. Right. The mechanic will figure all that out, right? Right. Same thing with blockchain. When we say blockchain, um, a lot of people use it as this all-encompassing term to include the technical meaning of a blockchain, uh, the cryptography behind blockchains, the consensus mechanisms like proof of work, proof of stake, delegated proof of stake, all those things. Um, they use that as just sort of a catch-all term. I'm doing blockchain, right? Yeah. If it's an NFT, that's blockchain. Yeah. It's, everything's blockchain. Yeah. Um, which is cool for the casual um, learner. Yeah. Um, as you start to sort of delve into things, it only really becomes a problem. And especially in this space, it becomes a problem because there's a lot of people who are building things and they don't really know what a blockchain is, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what is a blockchain? The real simple answer is it's a ledger. Mm. Like think old school Scrooge McDuck era. Yeah. Somebody's writing transactions in a book. Okay. Right? Money in, money out. That's all a blockchain is, except digital. So like right. a record of transactions? That's it. Record of transactions. Okay. Um, when Bitcoin first came out and 
the description of blockchain was first sort of conceptualized through this, uh, blockchain wasn't even used. It was just called a time chain, hmm. right? Um, blockchain was just a way that people could easily sort of communicate what it was, which came out, you know, months, maybe a year or so after the white paper came out. Um, and it was called a time chain because that's really what it was. It was just a list of transactions, right? And in one, just think of the old ledger, like the old books people used to use to, for accounting. Okay. Uh, you would take a page and you would say, Nate sent Ashley X amount yeah. on this day and time. Okay. So now Ashley has this amount. You update the balances. You're set. Then it's Ashley sends Bob X amount and you put a time. The, the key aspect was that was you recorded the time. So you could know, you would have a common understanding of when all of these transactions happened. That way, you couldn't spend money twice. And so is that where, like, the trust aspect comes in? Or? Well, no, the trust aspect comes in is who's writing the entries down in the book. You have to trust that they're doing an accurate job and not lying. You send, I send you $20, mm-hmm. but... I the the accountant writes down I sent you nineteen dollars ninety nine cents. I tell you, oh Nate sent you nineteen dollars ninety nine cents. Who knows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And if nobody can look at that ledger, yeah, nobody can see. Especially if I can't, because I'm the one who sent the money. Mm-hmm. How can I verify any of that, right? So, a blockchain technically is just really that ledger, and we'll get into sort of how it solves that problem. So would that would the blockchain be considered? A technology or or like a tool or both or I would say both okay um because what you're doing what you're doing is replacing the page with like this digital led- ledger think of an Excel spreadsheet a Google sheet or something mm-hmm. right so just like the page would get full right once one page gets full that would be a block right and so you'd flip the page and go to the next page okay. once the ledger gets full that's a block okay. then you go to the next block um, with the traditional ledger system, right, all of those pages are bound together with yeah. the binding, right? Okay. So you know the order the pages come in because right. they're bound. Yep. You can sort of tell if a page has been ripped out. Yep. You know what page comes before another page. Yeah. Well, how do you do that digitally? It's a lot harder because it's not it's digital. It's not sitting in any kind of specific order or it's yeah. an easily rearranged order, right? So this is where the cryptography part, the crypto and cryptocurrencies <laughs> comes into play. Uh, we won't get into the math. You just got to trust. If you trust that one plus one equals two, mm-hmm. then you can trust the rest of cryptography as far as the basic math, right? Okay. Um, the, cryptography, the cryptography uses this thing called hashing, which is just a simple way, of, a very complex way, <laughs> <laughs> of taking any digital information, whether it's a book, a picture, a video, you know, whatever it is that's digital, and converting it into this sort of fixed length string, right? So if you've ever, if you're into uh, crypto, if you have seen like a, uh, think of something like a, a public address where you okay. would receive Bitcoin from, okay. oh, yeah. right? So that's similar to what a hash would look like. It's just a series of numbers and letters. Okay. Um, it doesn't matter the size of the input, right? Okay. I could take, I could take the white paper and it will do this fixed length string, okay. right? Or I could take the entire collection of the Library of Congress, 
right? Every book, movie, song, any digital format in the Library of Congress, it'll be the exact same fixed length string. Hmm. So looking at it, you wouldn't know if it was just something simple like the white paper or if I was looking at the entire Netflix catalog, Okay. right? The only thing you would know is they each have individual strings, right? Okay. That's cryptography in a nutshell. That's how that works. Okay. So, so what you do what, is... So what is the hash, though? So like what... What's the... what? Well, the hash is just a way of combining the entire block, okay. right? So, again, we're doing... A, we filled our first page up. Mm-hmm. So we hash that first page. So you have this fixed-length fixed string. Oh, I see. Right? Okay. So you, you would do that. Like I'm oversimplifying some of this. Okay, it's like a shorthand short longhand for the block it's like a secret code okay. for the block okay. that you can't go backwards so once i do the hash right i can prove anything inside of that okay what what was done in the transactions okay. so i take that from page one of my ledger i put that at the very first thing in the top of page two mm. of my ledger okay right mm-hmm. then i fill up another page mm-hmm. Then I take a hash of that whole page, including the hash of the first page, okay. right? Yep. And that's how I put that on top of page oh, three. Okay. So now I'm linking these pages together. So I have each of these pages, which are blocks, and I'm um, chaining them together with these hashes, okay. a chain, yeah. so you have a block chain. Ah, uh, I get it. Right? Oh. And the tricky part about the hash, the most important part about the hash is it's very sensitive to the input, right? So that page one that we filled out, Okay. you have, um, again, I sent you one Bitcoin. That was one of the transactions in it. Okay. Now we're on page 20, Okay. right? Yep. I go. I try to go back to page one because mm-hmm. I want my Bitcoin back, right? Oh boy. But I don't want anybody to know. <laughs> okay. So I change the transaction that says that Nate sent Ashley one Bitcoin to Nate sent Nate one Bitcoin. Mm, sneaky. Well, that page has to get rehashed. The hash will be different. Yeah. So. And then won't it mess up all the rest of the chains? Right, because now the hash is different. So when page two goes back to look, it says, hey, hey, yeah. that's not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's different. Yeah, Nate's up to something. And so now anybody who can see this um, blockchain yeah. or this uh, linked uh, ledger, they all see, hey, something changed. Mm-hmm. So I can try to cheat it. But I'm instantly going to get caught because everybody's going to know it. Yeah, okay. Right? And it doesn't have to be something big like changing the name. I could literally go back and just add a blank space. Mm. Right? I mm-hmm. could add a comma someplace. Mm-hmm. I change any. I could change the font. It's going to change the hash. So any changes you make are easily evident. Okay. So that's really all a blockchain is. It's just think of like... um. A, a ledger mm-hmm. that references the page before it, right? So how does that? How is that trustless? How is that revolutionary? How is that like yeah. great? It's not really. <laughs> no. I mean, if all I have is the blockchain, that doesn't that doesn't fix who can access it, right? I Just, feel like it is a little revolutionary if if you're if it's like installed trust, you know, like. I feel but like why are you trusting that? Isn't it because it's it can be proven if, if something goes wrong or if something is not correct? Only if you can see it. So just like our accountant in the original yeah, example, if they're the only person who's looking at it, yeah. it doesn't matter, right? But can't I look at it if I wanted to? If you have permission to. 
So I this is it was this permissionless. Is, no, no, no. Blockchains by themselves aren't permissionless. Oh, okay, okay. No, a blockchain is lit, and this is why it's important to sort of do the technical. A blockchain is literally just a list of transactions okay. filled up, and then a series of those linked together okay. using hashes, using cryptography. Okay. So then, whether or not it has you like the public has permission to look at it depends on each coin or token. Yeah, it depends on the rest of the infrastructure. Like, the like our engine, people say blockchain and they mean a lot. Yeah. But technically, a blockchain is just like a Google Sheet. It's just like a Google Sheet. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right? and somebody could just hide it or they can show it. They can hide it or show it. And that's why you'll have um, what's called permissionless blockchains right. and permissioned blockchains. I feel so, like we never hear about the permissioned blockchains. Um, you almost always hear about the permissioned blockchains, unless you're talking about something like Bitcoin, or uh, like an Ethereum or something. Uh, when you hear corp companies yeah. or big organizations or governments getting into blockchain, okay. they're permissioned. Mm. You'll hear Walmart's using blockchain to revolutionize supply chain infrastructure. Those are permissioned. You can't see that. But don't you? Uh, uh, but what I was kind of getting at is like, doesn't it seem like it's being marketed as it is permissionless? But then people don't know that they the companies do have the option to actually like, oh, just kidding, you need permission to look at it. Correct. But we're gonna hide under the fact that we're everything is being marketed as permissionless. Correct. It's okay. all marketing. Wow, I did not know that. So when you hear them say like blockchain, not Bitcoin and blockchain's the real technology of it all, like blockchain, I don't wanna undersell blockchain mm -hmm. in and of itself, right? People but will come for you. It's not <laughs> <laughs> let them come. The uh in and of itself, while it is a very useful tool, it's only useful in very certain circumstances, okay. right? Because we've had technology that could do very similar things. This is what a database is, a regular database that in a website would use. I mean, it's just a table of transactions or information. Okay. And then to better organize it, you have several tables, several different blocks, mm -hmm. and that are all linked together, maybe not using cryptography, but using some kind of key pair. Okay. So it's not that revolutionary, right? And actually, it's not, it gets less revolutionary the more you start talking about permissionlessness and decentralization, right? Because the blockchain by itself, like we just said, that's not trust. You shouldn't necessarily trust it. You might not even be able to see it. Yeah. Now, if you make something that's this open network, right, an open public network, um, something like a Bitcoin, something like an Ethereum, where it's a public blockchain, it's open source, that's usually one of the first rules because it's open source so everybody can see the code, right? So other people can look to make sure there's not backdoors, other things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's permissionless. How do you achieve permissionlessness? That's sort of through the decentralization piece, right? Mm. You take that blockchain, and I can just, because it's open source, mm. I can download the software and run it and see how everything's going myself. Mm. And then you, independently, mm -hmm. can just download it and run it. And nobody can stop you from running it. If you have a, a computer and, like, a basic Internet connection, yeah. you, have, you have access to it. That's and, something like Bitcoin. And what exactly does running it mean? Just running the software, just like if you have... Uh, like that's not like running, um, like mining. No, 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 we're not talking okay. about mining. That's something totally different. Okay, okay. Um, when running it is just sort of looking at it, you can... It, it's it's called a node. Up? This would be called, called a node. Okay. But yeah, it's no different than like if, if you have Word mm -hmm. 
when you open Word and start mm -hmm. typing, you're running Word. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. but I, okay. Yep. So you're just running that blockchain software code, okay. which is open source, so you can see all the code. Mm -hmm. um, anybody can access it. Okay. You can opt in. You can stop running it. You can start running it. You can do whatever you want to with it, right? Yeah. That allows the level of, some would say trust. Mm -hmm. I call it trustless, right? You don't need trust mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I can just verify it. Yeah. I don't need to trust. I can verify, right? Um, but now how do I know I'm looking at the right copy? How do I know my copy and your copy of the blockchain are the same? How, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know, right? And this is where other aspects of uh, the general term blockchain sort of come into place, like consensus mechanisms, okay. right? Um, this is where the miners, um, the people who sort of look at all the transactions, they include transactions into a block, they order them. They publish it out to the world. Okay. Um, and then people who aren't miners, we sort of look at that every time a new block gets finalized. And the miner's like, all right, here's a new block. We sort of download it. We compare it. I look at my copy of the chain. My computer's looking at your copy of the chain. Are these chains the same? We both agree these are the longest blockchains, mm -hmm. right? They have the most pages in them. Mm -hmm. So we say, all right, well, the one with the most pages, that's going to be the accurate one. Okay. Um, that's sort of outside the scope of today on how all of that works. Yeah, but, I'm like, what? Um, <laughs> right. Well, this is the thing. This is about the whole thing about, you know, blockumenting everything, yeah. right? It's every time you have a question answered, you're going to have more questions pop up. I know. Um, this is why this is a rabbit hole of rabbit holes, right? Yeah. Um, but in general, right, to yeah. summarize just so far, like what are blockchains? They're just a linked ledger of transactions. Okay. And then the why are they useful portion is just to help keep record? Yeah, well, why are they useful? And, yeah, it's it's helpful when you're going to do a decentralized type system mm -hmm. where you need something that's permissionless mm -hmm. and then you also want something and this is the one of the revolutionary parts is censorship resistant mm -hmm. right um the idea of bitcoin and uh, you'll always hear me refer to bitcoin because a was the first one b out of all of the different blockchains out there bitcoin remains probably the simplest Okay. Right by design, it's built to do one thing and only one thing. Um, a lot of other blockchains are trying to be innovative, yeah. so they add things into it. Yeah, if you look at most a lot of the proposals for Bitcoin, okay. they very rarely add things in, they're always taking things out. We don't need this anymore, let's get rid of that. Like leaner, like lean, easy, slim, simple. Because you want a simple system, because Bitcoin wasn't created for blockchains. Mm. Blockchains were created for Bitcoin. Okay. Right? The purpose of Bitcoin comes back to money. Okay. Right? Okay. And why is money important? And our focus here isn't the, yeah. the why is money important, but Not a brief today. summary, <laughs> right, is if you, money runs everything, right? If you're going to be in a society... Once, once we've decided to stop being hunters and gatherers and every man for themselves, mm -hmm. 
it became a thing of, well, how do we function as a society? If I'm not going to go out and hunt, I'm going to stay back and build. Mm-hmm. Well, how am I going to eat? Yeah. Right? So how are we going to work this whole system of commerce? Mm-hmm. So it's all man- man-made. It's all this sort of um, uh, this, this system we made up of accounting things. And as society grows, you need this sort of way to exchange value between people. Mm-hmm. And that's where sort of money comes from. Mm-hmm. The problem we've had historically since the beginning of time with money is it always consolidates around this power pool. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're talking about um, commodity money, which would be things like gold and silver, seashells, whatever, mm-hmm. um, yeah, anybody can go dig up some gold. Mm-hmm. But where are you digging it up from, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who owns that property? Mm-hmm. If it's not an individual, it's usually some kind of government, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you, now you need permission from that government to dig it up, mm-hmm. right? And then once you get it, and you want to leave that land supply with your money and go to another uh, country or territory, how do you get across the border? Mm-hmm. They can censor how you transport your money. Yep. Um, and so with, with the blockchain? With a blockchain, with a distributed money system, mm-hmm. right, it becomes a lot easier because it... it a distributed blockchain mm-hmm. eliminates the need for a trusted third party. Okay. Right? We don't need to go to a bank. Yeah. I don't have to ask a bank permission to send you money. You know, you stopped and got me some coffee on the way here. Yes, you, if, if you paid with anything besides cash, what really happened, you think you just went to Panera and gave them money. Yeah. And they gave you coffee. Yeah. No, no, no. What happened is you went to Panera and gave them your Visa card. Yeah. Panera dialed up Visa when they put your card in and said, hey, Visa, Ashley wants to spend some money. Could you allow this? Can Ashley spend her money? And Visa's like, eh, well, sure, today we'll let her spend some money. She's behaving. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. Right? And so I know there's, if, if it hasn't been you, everybody who's like at least 18 or older, if it hasn't happened to them, they know somebody who's gone someplace, paid for something with like a debit card mm-hmm. or even a credit card. But credit card is you borrowing money, right? So debit card is money you actually have in a bank account. Mm-hmm. You go on with the debit card. You know you got the money in. They're like, yeah, it was declined. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. your bank telling you, nah. Yeah. It's like, I got the money. They're like, yeah, yeah we know. Yeah. It's like, so I'd like to spend it. Like, nah. <laughs> Not today. Yeah, you can come in Monday. Yeah. And discuss it. It's like, but it's Friday night. Yeah. Well, you have to wait till Monday. Yeah. Don't get to spend any money all weekend. Yeah. Have fun staying poor. Been there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's been there. Yeah. So we have to depend. So just like when I was talking about gold and digging it up, you needed the permission from a government. Right. Now with fiat money, money created by the government, you still need permission from the government. You need permission from the central bank. You need permission from the local bank. You need permission from the credit card processors or another layer on top of it. You need all this permission. And if we had cash, right, we don't need as much permission. We can do cash. Yeah, that's like kind of peer-to-peer a little. It's peer-to-peer. It's ideal, except we're living in a globalized society. How do I send cash to somebody in Guatemala? Snail mail. Yeah, but now I'm hoping that the post office allows me to do it. That's right. When they run it through their x-ray, and say, oh, this person's sending too many dollars. We don't like that, yep. so I need their permission. I'm getting censored again. Yep. So how can I send money anywhere to anybody without asking a third party for permission? Right? 
Well, something like Bitcoin allows you to do that. But how can it allow you to do that? Well, first, we have to solve a bunch of problems. Well, we have to solve a bunch of problems. The first problem is how do I know how much money there is in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, in the, that's what you need a ledger for. Ledger, yeah. Right? So I have this list of ledgers. The first transaction was like, here's 50 Bitcoin. That was the Genesis block, the very first block in the blockchain. Here's 50 Bitcoin created. This account yeah. holds 50 Bitcoin. Yeah. That's all there ever is. Yeah. That person, who was Satoshi Nakamoto, the you know the anonymous yeah. inventor of Bitcoin, yeah. they sent some Bitcoin. The first Bitcoin transaction was to Hal Finney, this other cypherpunk. First guy to sort of run Bitcoin. He's like, all right, well, now that you got an address, I'll send you some Bitcoin. Here you go. The ledger kept a transaction of it. Satoshi didn't have to ask a bank. Yeah. Didn't ask, have to ask the government. He just sent it. And then him and F- Hal Finney both know what happened because they both had a copy of the blockchain on their own yeah. computers. And they could both check and verify the money was really sent. And as the network grew, so now today, yeah. almost 14 years later, yeah. you can go through, you can see I sent you Bitcoin. And because it's an open network, mm-hmm. it's a public network that anybody can see, you can see where I got my Bitcoin from. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a good and bad thing. Yeah. But the good side of that is it fixes sort of the it answers that question of how do you know mm-hmm. this digital money was really there? Because mm-hmm. you can go see, well, this Bitcoin came from this address. Before that, it was at this address. And you can follow all the way back to the time that Bitcoin was invented, Yeah. right, created digitally. So that's kind of crazy because my next thought is like, wow, now I see why this could take down the banks and like any third party it takes down it doesn't necessarily take down banks well, in my viewpoint well they're a middleman it does it takes down cuz it, it eliminates just... unuseful middlemen mm. right i like to call them the value extractors okay all right um sometimes middlemen most middlemen historically i think served a purpose yeah right I wanted to send money to you, but I'm not anywhere physically near you. How do I get it to you? A bank allowed me to do that, right? Yeah. Um, that served a purpose. Now, that purpose isn't really needed anymore. They may have to change their business model. So one thing, uh, a lot of Bitcoiners are sort of sound money enthusiasts, right? Yeah. Um, you might hear them called gold bugs, same people who like really, really loved gold yeah. because it wasn't created by the government. You know, dollars now, most people don't know. Yeah, I would confidently say most people don't know. Mm-hmm. They're just made up yeah. out of thin air, right? COVID, if anything, showed us that as the central bank just started printing money. Mm-hmm. And numbers just started appearing in my bank account. And numbers just started <laughs> appearing in your bank account, right? <laughs> um, well, up until, technically up until the 70s, yeah. But really, since like the early 1900s, you know, the whole bringing a dollar into the bank and getting gold back if you wanted to, mm-hmm. you haven't been able to do that. Yeah. They stopped doing that. The government was just like, nah, we're yeah. just going to do yeah. this. Um, the, the purpose of a bank, the problem with a bank now is they can get money, they can play numbers with it. That accountant we were always talking about yeah. could fidget numbers. Yeah. Right. You don't see that. You don't know what they're doing. So it's not so much that banks might go away, but banks may be forced um, to start using a system like Bitcoin 
to build their banking system off of, just like they used to do with gold. Except the problem with gold is, how do you know the gold, the the bank has the gold? Yeah. Are they going to let anybody just go in and count it? Right, right, right. No. So a bank can still function and do what they're doing using a Bitcoin standard, right? Um, except well, if you want to verify, yeah, so hey, bank, you're loaning out all this money. Do you really got it? Yeah, that's exactly right. You don't got to ask them. But if because they're but using only the Bitcoin permission list, what if they decide to do theirs? Do you have to ask. Then we're not. They've so made we zero do, progress. Then we don't do bins with them. Basically, like it kind of puts like the power back in our hands because we can right. decide. Okay, well, we want to use this company that's going to operate like ethically, and not in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, and allow us to see what's going on. Like there should be no need for them to hide things from us. There's always going to be a need, but they shouldn't be able to because, right, I mean, um, the people wouldn't, won't stand for it. Yeah, I mean. That's hopeful thinking, but yes, yeah. that would be the way. So you'll hear about these like central bank digital currencies they're all trying to push towards. Yeah. Well, those are built using like blockchain and blockchain similar technologies, right. but they're not open. They're not permissionless. Right. They're definitely not censorship resistant. Right. So they're blockchains. They could be blockchains. Yeah. But again, as sort of the why are blockchains useful? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Some of the, it sort of depends on how they're implemented. Yeah, well, some of the CBDCs I've been hearing about almost kind of seem like the opposite of what like Bitcoiners oh, absolutely. are trying to do. It almost seems like they're trying to use the blockchain to get more like control and more censorship. I agree. I, a lot of times I compare it aging myself drastically probably here but when the when the internet was becoming a thing yeah someone told him this is not a personal yeah, 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 experience yeah. <laughs> yeah. i definitely didn't live through any of it when the internet was becoming a thing and it really started to cat, catch traction so we're talking like in the 90s mm-hmm. so catch traction on a very sort of still nerdy level mm-hmm. um the thing that they started realizing is you can have open access to information Mm-hmm. Governments, organizations, companies don't necessarily like that. They like yeah. to sort of tailor the story. The yeah. yeah, even if it's not strictly on this um, malicious, you know, I'm just an evil operator mm-hmm. type thing. It's it, if anything, it's just about the marketing and keeping the money supply running for them. Yeah, who, he who controls the information controls the knowledge, right? right. Yeah. And so as internets were starting to take off, what a lot of these companies, organizations, and governments did was they came out with an alternative to the internet called the intranet. Mm. And so if you're old enough to remember that, especially if you were working or something, you might remember while there was an internet, your job didn't have access. Your company didn't have access to the internet. They had the intranet. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing was, no, no, no. It's just like the internet. We just run it here locally (laughs) so we can give you the information that you really need. Mm You know, you don't need to concern yourself with all that extra information. Mm-hmm. Here, just focus on this, right? And that's the same thing um, that countries and central banks are trying to do now, in my opinion, too, with uh, central bank digital currencies. You don't really need an open, permissionless, censorship-resistant money. Mm-hmm. Freedom is such a burden. Yeah, it's so last year. What you really want... <laughs> It's for us to issue this digital currency. They'll give you that same sort of ease of use. Mm -hmm. But when things like um, the pandemic happen, 
and people buy too much toilet paper, if you trust us to manage this, yeah. we can limit how much toilet paper somebody buys. So no more toilet paper shortages. Yeah. You go to the store and you can be rationed your toilet paper. Oh, well, thank you. That's yeah. so kind. Mm-hmm. Join the bread line. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. That's, to me, the internet. And while the internet failed, intranet failed miserably, mm-hmm. right, um, people wanted the access to inf- information. Yeah. Organizations learned their lesson as well. Mm-hmm. They're not going to treat CBDCs the same way they're going to treat the inter- internet. They're going to take some of those extra precautions. So you think they're not? It, it's going to be a little less intranetty. I think, as far as the, there was a lot of arrogance when it came to the internet. Mm-hmm. We're just going to be able to do this, mm-hmm. right? They couldn't stop the internet, though. It was already too far along. Mm-hmm. I can't say that's true right now when it comes to money and privacy and preserving, you know, having sovereignty over your own wealth. Yeah. I can't say the same is true right now. And we sort of are in this little span that the next maybe decade or two is going to really reveal a cryptocurrency like something like Bitcoin is either going to be a tremendous success mm-hmm. and sort of set people free mm-hmm. or people are going to sort of go along with the Facebook, click the terms of service and just give away my privacy because I want to talk to my high school friend. Yeah. They're yeah. going to give that away and then they're going to take CBDCs and then every yeah. dystopian movie you ever saw, yeah. that will be your new reality. Yeah. Everything you hear about like China and WeChat and them controlling everything. Yeah and scrubbing the internet of Mm -hmm. all traces of news they don't like, Mm -hmm. we could still face that. So it's not a given that CBDCs will fail. You want them to fail. Yeah. But isn't that kind of why we're, like, doing this, too, to help people understand, like, what they're going to be either accepting or declining? Yeah, because you have to know. That's why it's important. Like, that's why we didn't want to do this episode on just sort of what our blockchains it's almost like, why are they useful? Yeah. That's and true. the answer to that is they're not necessarily because that's what that whole blockchain, not Bitcoin narrative that came out in 2017 that mm-hmm. Jamie Dimon, Chase Bank, all of them tried to push. Yeah. And a lot of them still try to push. CBDCs are sort of pushing the same thing. Oh, the technology is really the great part. And we're using the technology. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but that's the opposite day. A blockchain that is not permissionless, open source, and censorship resistant is not a useful blockchain. Yeah. And it's it's worse than any other alternative system you could build off of it. It's slower. It's more expensive. It's clunkier, more prone to uh, having technical errors. Yeah. So, like, kind of one takeaway from this could be, like, if you are looking to get into, let's say, blockchains or cryptos, is to like research or look it up if it is open source, permissionless, censorship resistant. Yeah. Because yep. you want to put your money like where, you know, with, with, with what you support, if that's what you support. <laughs> Correct. You want to know what you're buying. You want to know where your wealth is getting stored. And again, um, as we go through these um Different episodes will explore different things as far as, like, especially, like, where you're putting your money. Why are you putting money in? If you're using a system like um, Ethereum, mm-hmm. right, that's that's working. That's trying to solve an entirely different use case than Bitcoin, right? right? They both use blockchains. Mm-hmm. They're both 
are crypto have cryptocurrencies, you know, based off of cryptography. That's really where the similarities stop. Right? Mm-hmm. Bitcoin is working on sound money. Mm-hmm. Ethereum is working on world computer. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Mm-hmm. Right? There can be some crossover. They're very different. My my cell phone uses a computer, right? Mm-hmm. It has a, uh, a CPU in it. So does my car. I wouldn't say my car and my phone are the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is why using blockchain as a general catch-all term, yeah, yeah they both use computer chips. Yeah. They're both not the same thing. Yeah. Right? Um, and so knowing why they're useful, yes. Going in, seeing, is it open? Can I just download the source code? Mm-hmm. If no, probably not open source. And how how would you check that? Would that be like like just type it into Google? Would that be like a white papers thing? Would that be like a ask your friend thing? It's not really a simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. If you know somebody who's technically savvy, yeah. I would ask them just like, like if, if you, you wanted to find out the, what's the better car yeah. and you're not yeah. mechanically inclined, oh. I'm going to go ask my friend who knows yeah. about cars. Which, yeah, yeah. which one's really better? Yeah. That's the best starting point. Okay. Um, we can get into on in an episode like sort of how to do your own research. Oh yes, please. Um, but yeah, it's it's really hard if you're not technically savvy to know the differences in any of them, and most people still rely so heavily on the trust. Yeah. And like we just said, you know, you just pointed out so many of them market themselves as being these open blockchains, but yeah. they're not. Yeah. It's just a linked ledger. Yeah. That means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I think that sort of summarizes sort of what are blockchains and why are they useful. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's tons of other questions that everybody is going to have because if uh, I think if we do our jobs right, nobody should ever walk away feeling like, all right, now I know everything. Yeah. They should feel like I know less now than when I started listening. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's how I feel. I feel like I have a ton of questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm going to jot them down. All right. So what are we going to be diving into uh, the next episode? Yeah. So I think that kind of segues pretty nicely because um, the next episode, I think we're going to do a technical comparison of Bitcoin and Ethereum, like, but for the not technical savvy because that I'm not tech savvy. Right. So, yeah. Um, What's the difference? We have all these different kind of blockchains, right? Um, Bitcoin, Ethereum. You have uh, things like Hyperledger, um, Wax. All of these are different blockchain systems. So uh, this might sort of also help answer the question of uh, how do you know? Yeah. What's what? First step is what do they really do? Mm -hmm. Because there are, off the top of my head, I would say there's probably about five or six different type of blockchain architectures that all do function very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you should probably, I think it's useful for people to know the difference in them. Yeah. So when you, if you are going to invest or if you are going to utilize the utility of any of these, yeah. knowing if you're going into Bitcoin, trying to do smart contracts. Yeah. Good luck. Right. <laughs> but if you're trying to preserve wealth in some in Hyperledger, mm-hmm. you're also very, very mistaken. You're going to be very disappointed. Not familiar with what that is, but I'm just agreeing. Hyperledger <laughs> would be a pre- permissioned blockchain. Okay. This is what the Walmarts and all of them type mm. they use. Got it. Um, you know, so how do you, how do I build a blockchain, but 
don't make it open to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, okay. knowing what those differences are. So yeah. Uh, yeah uh, I'm curious to find out what the arc, uh, the different um, architectures of the, the f I think you said there was five. That I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, there may be a couple more. Okay. But we'll dive into it. And, uh, you know, for any of the listeners, I think if you guys have any questions about that, mm -hmm. like, uh, well, what about this? What kind of blockchain is this? What kind of blockchain is that? Yeah. Um, where can they find us at to ask us these questions? Well, we are on Twitter. We're at the block. The document, um, but actually, it's probably easiest if you just went to thebocument.com. We've got everything linked there. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok. I mean, all of the. All right, we're doing China. Good. All of the. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, you got to get that reach, right? All right. <laughs> yeah. So reach out to us. Um, ask questions if there's some topics you want us to cover. Yeah, that's. Cool. Um, drop us a line. Let us know. Yeah. So we can uh, talk about it. Yes, this has been so fun. All right. Do you feel like you at least sort of know what a blockchain is? Let me ask you one more time oh, to, to cap the show off. What's a blockchain in your words? A uh, blockchain is a ledger of transactions. I think that's a pretty basic way of saying it. Yep. The only thing I would add to that, I think that's a much better definition than you started with. <laughs> like the only hash? thing I would add to that is linked ledger. Linked, 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 because that's like the hash component, yeah? Well, yep. Okay. What you described was the block. Yeah. Now, how do you put them together? You got to link them yeah. through cryptography. Okay. But yeah, that's a much cleaner, definitive answer yeah, of what a blockchain is. <laughs> All right. So thanks for tuning in. Yes. Join, um, find us on The Blockument. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Um, I don't think our, our personal follows are on there yet, but I'll add those to the website too. So you okay. can uh, oh, yes. follow me. I'm only on Twitter. But uh, Ashley's everywhere. everywhere, so <laughs> you can follow her wherever. All right? Yeah. And uh, tune in. Oh, we're every other Sunday. Yes. Every so Sunday. we'll see you in two weeks. All right. All right. Mm -hmm.